This is Radio Free Istvan. The following public service announcement is direct from the Praetorian. Do not look directly at the Black God machines. Any dreams of paradise should be duly ignored and combat stims taken immediately. Remember, all defectors will be shot on sight. Emperor What's going on, Radio First Fan listeners, and welcome to episode 164 of the Radio First Fan podcast, a horse heresy wargaming podcast. My name is Michael. I got my co-host Derek here. Gonna say what's going on, Derek. How's it going, everybody? And uh, man, has it been a busy few days. <laughs> it's been uh, kicking off. We have a pretty jam-packed episode for you guys. Um, I would say that this was like. Although it wasn't an event, it feels like we had an event because there were so many people around for this uh, airbrushing class, which we're going to talk about. But like, if it feels like we're coming off one of those weekends where it's like we didn't actually get a weekend, you know? <laughs> yeah, I definitely agree with that. But it was still fun. I still had a blast. Uh, got a good episode, jam packed ups for you. Got episode for you guys. We're going to talk about the opening. Uh, definitely talk about some of the. Uh, a gift that we received that I kind of wanted to talk to Derek about. Uh, we're going to talk about our airbrushing one-on-one class, and then we're definitely going to go into some hobby progress as yeah. per usual. And I think you got a game in, right? Part. A part of a game. game. Okay. Part of okay. Game. We'll, we'll talk a little bit on it, you know? That's yeah, fine. It's been, a, it's been a weekend. It's been a real weekend. I did get a game in, but we'll, we'll talk about that yeah. as well. Uh, first things first, I do want to bring up once again the discord warhammer discord.com hop mm. in there go get yourself into entered into this uh dreadnought painting competition that we have going on mm-hmm. uh at the end of july will be due and then there's also the category weathered if you win this painting competition you will get 50 dollars towards your uh local gaming store your favorite local gaming store your friendly local gaming store yeah uh we will make that work out so it's a uh, fun competition. Thank you for all the Patreon supporters. You are officially sponsoring that event going yeah. on right now. We would not be able to have two of these going on this month if not for the the wonderful folks of the Patreon. The wonderful, wonderful folks of the Patreon. So, okay. Uh, so, Derek. Michael. I kind of realized that maybe... Okay, we got a care package. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I don't know if I... I know I told you about it, but I don't know if we, we never really got a chance to discuss this care package that we got. We didn't, I mean, we might've glossed over it, but we didn't break it down. I don't think. Okay. So there's a company out there called Dave's cookies Mm -hmm. and Dave's cookies makes fresh cookies and they drop ship them through Amazon. Amazon handles the shipping and I guess the purchasing and all that jazz. And then UPS delivers them at your door. All right. Now, obviously, we've had discussions on this podcast before about how cookies are just, like, not very lucky in the horse heresy community. Like, sometimes you, with the best intention, you send cookies, but the worst outcome happens with these cookies. Yeah, it just kind of was one of those things where uh, there's, a, there's, a, there's some baggage to it. Yeah, there's some baggage to it. Either the timing just ends up being inopportune or something happens in the process. Okay. So, that being said... All right. A couple weeks back, I am going to get ready to go ahead to, I believe, Walmart or something like that. 
and I, and I walk out to my car. And as I look at my front door, there's a box sitting on my front door. And I was like, I didn't order a package today. It must be Jake's package, and he didn't come get it. But usually he's pretty good about tracking numbers and all that stuff. Generally, there's not an instance where I don't know a package is coming that I ordered. And I'm you. I'm kind of one of those sit at the window and, like, wait for it. Like as soon as it shows me it's shipped, I get the shipping notification text message to me, hoping that it's going to go a little bit faster than it should or, like, something's going to happen where they're like, you know what, let's just drive it straight to them from here. Just, just face pressed <laughs> against the glass, fogging up the window. Yeah, so, so when a random box shows up at my house, it's to me it's either the Unabomber or, you know, Little, little fun little surprise. It's a fun little surprise. So I go walk up and look at this box and it's addressed to me. And I was like, and I can see it says perishable items inside. And I was like, okay, cool. Let me go ahead and cut this open. I have no idea. And by the way, it said Mike Montalongo. So I know it wasn't something I ordered. Uh, so I cut this box open and inside it says a red tin that says Dave's Cookies. And I was like, oh, this has to be, you know, Duncan or or, uh, or Jack. You know, this has to be one of my friends sending us cookies for the podcast. And when I when I open it and I look at the actual thing, it says uh, uh, to the host of Radio Freest Van, uh, you know, thank you and all this jazz. And, and, and it turns out it wasn't Chris and all of them. I know who it was. Yeah. Uh, the thank you out there. You know who you are. Um, both of our friend. And I go to go open the... The tin of the cookies, and keep in mind, it's a box of cookies, and inside this box is a tin, and the tin is sealed pretty tightly, and then when you open the tin, there's a plastic shelf of cookies that are plastic wrapped inside there. Okay, so it's pretty well secured, you'd think? Yeah. Well, when I open the tin, this thing is... For lack of a better word, infested with ants, sugar ants. Not like the big ones, but just like the, the little ones that just kind of get in everything. And Now, here's the thing. There's absolutely, and I was, and so I was so excited about these cookies, right? And like, I've got this TikTok going and all this jazz. So I was like, well, I've got to document this process, right? I've got to die. And so I'm filming the unboxing for these cookies and everything like that. And I, I film myself opening the tin and going back into the record <laughs> of this, <laughs> this document, there was no ants on the inside or outside of the tin. They were only inside the tin. Like somehow, I mean, that's where the cookies are. That's, that's where, where they want to yeah. be. Yeah. So somehow an entire fleet of ants <laughs> had gotten locked inside this tin of cookies and were inside the first shelf of cookie packaging <laughs> uh, and had just infested our cookies. And I thought it was hilarious. I, I like it to me. It was, it was the funny. It was, it was hilarious to me. It was funny. I was thinking to myself, like, of course it's going to be cookies. And of course they're going to be, uh, and there's going to be some sort of issue with them, right? It is as hilarious as it is unfortunate. <laughs> but what made it so sad was like these were probably the best looking cookies I'd ever seen, right? You'd mentioned that. You're like, you're still kind of, you're considering it. You're like, I can get most of that before I... Before well, when I took the top shelf out, right? Mm -hmm. The bottom shelf was still there wrapped in plastic. 
and had no ants inside of it. It had ants on top of it. Like the ants were on top of the plastic, but they hadn't breached the second shelf because it was properly sealed. Okay. And I found where like they had tried to like wrap and seal the top shelf of cookies. And there was like this little tiny hole in there and like where it didn't exactly touch all the way. And I could see that's where the ants got in and they just, okay. and we're talking hundreds of ants, hundreds of these guys in there just having the absolute time of their life. So I considered just eating the bottom shelf, but I was like, this would be, I mean, it wouldn't be crazy if I did this. I could probably microwave these cookies and shake them off and they'll be fine. Right. There's a lot of things going through my head on how I could eat these cookies, but I thought better of myself. I just got over diverticulitis. <laughs> I don't want to have to explain to the doctor that I ate some questionable cookies out of a box, right? So better judgment took hold and uh, I crated them up and said, okay, dump all these cookies out. Worst comes to worst, I get a badass little tin out of it. And so I was like, but, you know, I am going to contact Dave's to let them know that we got a box of ant infested cookies. Because in my head... Slightly defective. Yeah. In my head, your cookies should be ant resistant, right? Or bug resistant or just general pest resistant. And and, and it looks like they would have been. like Yeah. This, this wasn't a issue with the, the process. It was just an issue that didn't get caught. Small hole. You wouldn't have noticed if it wasn't for the ants. Yeah, exactly. And, and one of the things is... The way the tin seals, right? There's no way that ants can post delivery get in there. In Those are not Texas ants. Exactly. Those are little baby. These were tiny little like sugar ants. So, well, I mean, I'm not even saying about the the size of the ants. I'm just saying these ants did not get into this box <laughs> okay. in this state. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. They call, if they crawled in on your porch, there'd be ants on the box. They shipped ants, which is how. That is how, you know, uh, invasive, species. invasive species get to... That's how you ruin an ecosystem. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. So... Don't, oh, don't plant seeds you get in the mail that you didn't order. So naturally... Okay. Now, this, is, this was the, uh, the weekend before the 4th of July. Okay. And so I'm thinking... This was Thursday. This was a Thursday. I'm thinking I'm not going to get anything done. Like, <laughs> so Friday, I say, you know what? Let me go ahead and reach out over their Facebook Messenger. Let me get them a heads up like, hey, because that's the simplest way. If I'm going to contact you, I'm contacting you over Messenger. That's generally how I, because there's no contact information inside the cookies. Right. I had to go find out where Dave's is and I had to like contact them over Messenger. Like luckily the name is on the cookies because I don't know who sent them at this point either. I have no idea yeah, who you, sent them. You found out after the fact. I posted in the Discord. I was like, hey, just a heads up. If you if send you, us cookies, if you uh, send us cookies, you are either this is either the most unfortunate thing, or you are the greatest prankster we've ever known. Exactly, exactly. So I send them a message, I get no response. Understandable. I'm not going to send them a message on Saturday, Sunday. That's just not how I roll. So Monday, contentious day is, is July 3rd, right? Yeah. Some people work, some people don't work. I'm not really holding my breath. So I send them an email. Okay. And nothing happens, right? It's like, okay, that's fine. I will wait till July 5th because I don't expect anybody to contact me tomorrow. 
July 5th rolls around and they get back to me over email. Now, when I say that Dave's cookies was accusatory, <laughs> like I oh. somehow was. Dave is very protective of his product. <laughs> so I sent in an email that not only included my unboxing video of these cookies, but also had a picture of the Amazon order number and everything like that. Um, they sent me an email back saying, our cookies are airtight. Pest should not be getting into them. We need to know where UPS delivered your cookies, how long it took you to get to these cookies. And I'm like, okay, this is, I get it. You know, they're, I see where you're, where you're taking this. They're trying to possibly follow UPS claim. I don't know, but either way, you know, I'm, I'm here. And I was like, well, and they said, and by the way, your picture that you sent in, which was a picture of the receipt, and nowhere did we see ants inside the cookies inside your picture. So, well, they weren't interested in the receipt. And I was like, well, that's fine. I was like, but I sent a video in there. And so I had, um, was thinking to myself, I was like, for one, if I hadn't recorded a video of me unboxing these cookies, I could have been in a, in a little pickle there with Dave's. Because who documents the ants in their cookies? <laughs> like, it's like, there's just, it doesn't happen, right? Right. So anyway, so she got snippy with me. And in other words, and it was like somehow it's my fault that I was given a gift of cookies and did not retrieve the cookies in a timely manner. And by the way, it was an hour and a half. I looked back in the ring camera to see how long those cookies had been sitting in my front door. And in addition, I know you're wondering, well, was UPS not, did the UPS not notify you that you had received these cookies? And... UPS is very busy. They, uh-huh. They've got them running on some tight schedules. <laughs> so uh, let me see here. I believe I took, I believe I downloaded the video to show the, uh, the amount of effort UPS put into uh, knocking on my door. The important question is, is there ever a moment where the, the package is neither touching Carrier, per, like like a delivery person, or the floor? Oh, it went straight on the floor. I'm so, but did they set it on the floor? Or? Yes. Okay. So it was touching both the floor and their hands, and then they let go? Yes. Okay. So they didn't throw it? You're fine. Yeah. Like, I, 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 that is... To, to me, that's like the thing. Like As long as they're not physically hurling packages at my house, we're good. So this UPS driver literally walked up to my door and went like this. He goes, and left. That's what he did. That I don't know if y'all can hear that, but that is the level of knock. Just one, just a little quick, just a just one knock. That's it. It was a single, and then bounced. No, obviously I'm not going to hear that. Like I'm, I'm a working man. I have no. I'm not listening out for single knocks and then investigating said knocks. Now my doorbell. I'd answer my doorbell. It's got a camera on it. I'd also oh, see. Yeah. You know, boom. Push the button, and then boom. That's a notification on your phone. Real hard to ignore that. That's my fault. Should have been monitoring. Anyway, <laughs> I didn't know I was getting cookies. I didn't know I was getting any delivery. There was a surprise. It was a fun-filled surprise. Yeah. Whatever. So obviously, me being the person I am, I'm petty. I get I get petty back. You know, it's like, hey, it's like, by the way, you know, the 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 ants are of the cookies. 
the the ant cookie footage was in the original email, but here's a TikTok I made about this situation. So if you know you want to, you probably want to start acting right. Yeah, because how do you want to do this? How how would you like to do this? Because uh, it's like this can go really public really quickly because y'all are not being cool right now. I would assume that y'all would have some sort of ant proof container or anything like that. Well, they changed their attitude immediately, bro. Immediately. How many how many followers we got on this? Oh, we got to do something. <laughs> Dude. And so they, they ended up sending us a new tin of cookies. Bless. Okay. They ended up, they're like, cookies will be there tomorrow. Uh, we will provide the tracking number for you so you can track them and know when they get there and all this stuff. So it was just like a matter of a couple of days. And I get the cookies in. Nice. How are the cookies? They're over there. We'll have some once podcast is done. They up upgraded the size of the cookie tin. Oh. So we got the instead of the cookie pack, which we got originally, they upgraded it to the cookie brownie party pack. Oh. So the bottom layer of it was brownies and the top two layers were cookies. So they're pretty good. They're pretty good. We'll get you some in a second. Hell yeah. Um but also was included was this note. Mm-hmm. And I will let you read off that note. <clears throat> David's here. So we got rid of the ants for you. Here's the thing. These cookies are so good that it's hard to keep any living creature away from them. Indulge. And a little smiley face. And you get a little, little smiley winky emoji. <laughs> In grayscale because it's a runoff uh, printer. <laughs> so yeah. So it's, you know what? All's well that ends well. <laughs> <laughs> So thank you, David's. Thank you, David's, for getting the cookies in rectifying situation. Send brownies. The brownies were good. Uh, all the cookies were good. Thank you for the person who sent the cookies. We know who you are. Uh, appreciate it. Um, at the end of the day, all's well, all's well that ends well. No harm, no foul. But that could have taken a turn. <laughs> all I'm saying. Things- I mean, I mean, I get it. We can't just assume the best at everything and just start sending free product everywhere. I get it. Same, but I did send the video. I detached the video to the, either way, either way. They got the picture real quick. So we got the cookies. Cookies secured. I want to talk. I, I, I wanted to talk about that story. Yeah. Just a little, a little follow up. Cause I, I know you put it on the discord and I think we glazed over it a little bit in the, uh, the podcast. Yeah. Well, it finally fixed itself. Everything is good now. There we go. Uh, I love so, happy ending. Me too. Especially when it involves cookies. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> so next up that we're going to talk about is... If you want, we can talk about the new Ithon Sentinel. They did give us a little like uh, a closer look into that. The new one from the, the Legion's Astartes box. Yeah. Legion's Astartes box? You're talking about Crusade Imperialis? The epic, yeah, isn't it Crusade Imperialis? I thought it was Legions uh, Legions Imperialis. Oh, Legions Imperialis. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. They just put up a little uh, article on Warmer Community talking about the new Athon Heavy Sentinel, and just kind of give us some more pictures on that. And I'm I'm curious because they actually gave all of like they gave side profile and front profile pictures of it. Which is just a bad idea (laughs) all around for (laughs) like so. While I was, you know, pulling it up, I'm like, what was this thing called again? Like, okay, cool. 
let me just go flip over to Colts 3D and uh, take a let me just search Sentinel and see what see what pops up. Are there have they already made one yet? Uh, there's some that look pretty close. It's not that difficult of a model to make. It's exactly what you want if you if you've been taking 3D modeling classes. Yeah, it's, this is a really good project for people who've been taking classes like that. I don't know where they where might they find classes like that. Maybe a Artisans of Vol or yeah, there's some uh, some people that'll teach you to do exactly this, and it's a lot of uh, very simple geometric shapes because they wanted to uh, make it really stand out in the uh, in the new epic. Yeah, so bold choice. Hey, man. <laughs> I don't. I think it was kind of one of those situations where, like, we don't want to design it. Somebody else take the reins, please. Well, they've already designed it. They, it's in the box. Oh yeah, but like <laughs> tiny. They made like the tiny version. Oh well, yeah, but I mean, it's not super detailed. Like it doesn't have like the hydraulics and all that jazz. It's pretty detailed. Oh wow, they, they, they do have pistons and stuff everywhere. Oh wow, yeah, no, that thing is pretty detailed. It's. Uh, I'd say it's pretty high fidelity. Okay, yeah, somebody will get a hold of it. I that. mean, I don't have the model in my hand. I couldn't tell you, but the pictures looks pretty good. The guy who painted it did a great job. The guy who painted the 3D printed prototypes definitely did a good job. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at you, Evan. Looking at you, Geekalodeon Studios. I mean, we, we, I, we know they 3D print their prototypes. It's not, you know, this isn't groundbreaking info. No. But yeah, so I think Heresy Thursdays now are going to be reserved. They're kind of talking more about the Legions of Astartes, I think they did go back and talk about uh, something in the heresy before that. I don't remember what it was right now. Oh, it was the new uh, the new champion. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got yeah. the Paragon Blade posted up, and he's got his hand on it. Definitely. Cool Mark VI uh, champion model. Smooth, smooth guy. And what's funny is, like, everybody was talking about the old uh, champion model, the Mark IV champion model. Yeah, it was like a two-pack with, like, a Del Goddess or Master Signal or something. Yeah, it was a Master Signal and a uh, champion that came in it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what was funny is, like, if you've ever owned that model, that dude was short. Like, he was shorter than normal Marines. He was shorter than everything. So is this from, like, the early Heresy line yeah. where stuff was still on 25s? Yeah, so he definitely needed a uh, he needed a step up, man. This dude was uh, either the little man syndrome champion <laughs> who just worked his way to the top just or... coming for your ankles, man. Yeah. So, no, I, I like the new... I, I definitely do enjoy the new champion model. Looks good. It's got a lot of good detail. It's pretty consistent with the aesthetic of the box Praetors with the, like, the concentric circle plates, metals. I look forward to seeing him with uh, different head choices. Yeah, like 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 a more legion specific head. Like I would love to put one of those like strong chin like blood angel heads on him from like the Bell Predator kit. Oh yeah, or the Sanguinary Guard kit. I can't whatever it comes with, but like they have that like strong chin. The one I used on that uh my uh, commander for my Bell Predator. Hell yeah. So now I'd, I'd like to see him with different heads. Yeah, I like this one. I know some people didn't like the librarian. I I like him. The the new heresy one, or was it a librarian or esoterist? Uh, either one. Here's one of those. That yeah. smoother armor. Yeah, they're they're definitely going for more Mark Six. I wouldn't be shocked if the next book we get is a Siege of Terra based book. That'd be awesome. I, I just mean, finished End of the Death. It's uh part one. Hell yeah, super good. Lots of uh, twists and turns in there. Yeah, I need to get on that. You're gonna have a good time. The the, the hardest part is I just. Audiobooks do not work for me. My brain, it just, it's not compatible with me. I, uh, 
I ended up listening to that book. I, I got probably about 90% of the way through it. I listen to it when I'm driving. Mm-hmm. And last night, well, I was getting towards the end. And the end is like chef's kiss. Superb. And so last night I had I had streamed me printing up a bust yeah. for uh, uh, this guy Drake on TikTok. He's in the military and he can't have an airbrush inside of his barracks. And so he has all these iron wars he needs to paint. And he was asking me how I would paint them without an airbrush. And so I showed him the method that I would do it on one of our busts that we had from the airbrushing class. Yeah. And kind of like gave him a tutorial and it just so happened that he was like online at the same time. So he came in and watched the live asking questions. I, and then I put it and made, I condensed it all to make it into a video on TikTok. Uh, but when I finished there, I was like, okay, cool. I just painted for like almost two hours here. So let me just go ahead and peace out and go, uh, I just stream for two hours. So I'm done. Right. And so I was sitting there and I was like, you know what? Like I need to, get a model ready for this, uh, for the discord dreadnought competition. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause I were, we're <laughs> way further than halfway through the month already. Yeah. And if I've had this furioso dreadnought kicking around and I just so happened the other day when I was like getting everything ready for the airbrushing competition, um, airbrushing class, I, uh, I found a sprue of the, what's that? that dreadnought that had the hand, the actual hand, the venerable dreadnought. Yeah. Yeah. I had a sprue of the venerable dreadnought for his guns. And I was like, Oh cool. I have a hell yeah. I have a Furiosa with no arms. So let me go ahead and see what guns I can get out of this. And so I, I kit bash and like cut stuff up. I looked at my bit box. I found a, uh, a librarian dreadnought arm. I cut it off at the, the, the wrist. Like basically the, the dreadnought you see on there is like a total kit bash of like what I had available to, paint a dreadnought for this competition. Yeah. Um, and I was listening to the end of the death the whole time. And it got me like so pumped when it was done. I was like, well, I'm going to paint this dreadnought now. Like I'm going to get back into it. I'm going to paint him. And so I was like, I'll just start streaming again. <laughs> and so like <laughs> by the time it's all said and done, it was like two 30 in the morning. And I was like, all right guys, I got to go to bed. I got like way deep into this blood angels dreadnought with like a last cannon and a, and a power fist. But the book is freaking good, dude. And pretty told me that it gets really good at the end. Like the only reason I read it is because Barth said that there was a uh, blood angel stuff, the uh, blood angels. And I didn't see it. Revenant Legion, Revenant Legion. It wasn't in there. I don't know. I must've missed it. I must've zoned out. I didn't find it. It wasn't in there. All right. So, uh, either way, excellent book. It was excellent, excellent book. It made you, it makes you kind of realize like how kooky things you get on Terra whenever, uh, like chaos gets there and like all the chaos guards, gods start working together. Oh yeah. And like time basically stops for Terra, all the clocks stop, like everything. And there's just like, nothing makes sense. Like people are traveling like hundreds of miles and like, a couple seconds and they're just like trying to go about their day. Like it's, it, it's like a, a, like a, a dream like is, and it's reality is breaking down. Yeah. Reality is absolutely breaking down on Terra and, uh, somehow certain people are, are safe. And then you like Malkador being in the chair. It's like absolutely, um, murdering him. It's killing him. And, uh, <laughs> I don't know if you saw the TikTok I made with, uh, yeah. 
with Mar from <laughs> Home Alone getting electrocuted and mm-hmm. put him on top of the chair. It's basically <laughs> that. It's that's that's Malkador on the throne. <laughs> Just <laughs> how long is it gonna take? When's the emperor coming back? <laughs> so, so okay, but it uh it goes into a little in like one of the things it goes into. There's some it goes into the different like tiers of custodes, like yeah. the different like subgroups in the custodes you don't know about. Like you just think to yourself, it's like, oh, just a bunch of golden boys running around, you know, no problem. But there's a subgroup of custodes who guard like the worst weapons that mankind has. Mm-hmm. And they're like even bigger than normal custodes. And they're in full <laughs> black armor. <laughs> oh, yeah, like the the obsidian something. Uh, they're the order of something it's like the, the black with no, the, I'm sorry, the, 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 the wardens of something or another. Okay. And, and I know there was all black armor. Okay. With like purple plumes or just, just all blacked out. Just the all, all blacked out with gold. I never, I don't think I read anything about purple plumes, but it was okay. just all black armor. And like the guy who was being, uh, shuttled by this custodes who was getting, who they were transferring this man over to these guys. Custody was like, he was used to being walked around by this custodes and like, so he wasn't afraid of this giant ass man anymore. And he's like, if this dude was huge, these guys are massive. <laughs> like, <laughs> like what the, f-? And he's I mean, like, I didn't know they came that big. And he's like, he did everything in his power to like, basically not shit his pants. Like he's like trying to act cool. And he's like, what the fuck are these things? dude? <laughs> like, holy cow. What are these? And so they're just like, they're the, they're the wardens of something. And like, they're there to protect the world's, Terra's worst weapons. Just the, the, you can't ever really bring yourself to throw them away. <laughs> exactly. But you can't bring yourself to really use them. And, and that's a hundred percent, um, who this man was. Uh, it's wardens of the solid so, sodality of the key. Wardens of the sodality of the key or the warders of the vaults of Rython. Okay. They are, uh, Essentially, just giant black custodies, just black the, armor custodies. It's <laughs> the meanest sons of bitches this side of Terra. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, it was a, uh, it's pretty cool. Hell yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, you want to go into this airbrush class? I do want to go in this airbrush class, dude. Uh, so we had a lot of local guys at the beginning of this year said they wanted to learn airbrushing. Yeah. Right. And probably about going on like five years ago at this point, I would imagine Pretty I gave an airbrushing one-on-one class at the, uh, the art league of Victoria. And so now with heresy 2.0 coming out and then, you know, new edition of 40 cages drops. There's a ton of people that are looking to airbrush and trying to figure out how to airbrush. Yeah. And so I said, I will put on an airbrushing class. I looked for a venue. I found this place called the art house in Victoria and they were just like, absolutely, you know, and they, they said they do it for free. Like, they're like, yeah, just come, come over here, come hold your class for free. We'll get people in here. And then whatever you charge is what you charge. And I was like, that sounds ridiculous. I'm not trying to make any money off of there. So I was like, I will put on an airbrushing class. I will charge everybody $10 and then all of it will go to you guys at the venue. And they were like, we were going to charge anything. So even better. <laughs> so it was like the cheapest airbrushing class you can get. Yeah. 10 bucks is nothing for 10 bucks is nothing for the quality of content that you were putting out. 
Hey, thank you. Uh, so anyway, so we go and pass it around. Like for months, we're planning this thing. For months, we are just like getting this. Or I'm getting this ready. You know, yeah, trying to secure compressors because not everybody's going to bring their their setup. Yes, yes. People are on the list. People are off the list. People are coming in. They're dropping. It's just one of those things. Um, but anyway, like when you plan something that far ahead, you know, it's like out of sight, out of mind. You really you like, you know, you, you kind of have like, oh, I'll probably do this. I'll probably do this. Because I've done it once before, I kind of remember the stuff I taught and how I taught it. And so I was like, yeah, that worked last time. I'll just do that again. I'll just wing it. I'll just wing it. Yeah, pretty much. I'm just going to wing it. Uh, so, like, the day before the airbrushing class, <laughs> I'm full panic mode. I was like, oh, shit, I got to print these busts, dude. <laughs> like, luckily, luckily, I've got a... Uh, I'm loaded down on 3D printers, so it's just like, hey, everybody go full-scale production. Uh, hopefully, these work out, because if they fail or if there's something wrong with them... If they do not have a backup. We do not, there's not another plan. I'm going to have to, <laughs> like... I'm going to have to go prime a bunch of my uh, predators outside. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> so, so, anyway, I print up these busts that work at, where it works out. Um, I've got... You know, I had a lot of people that told me, you know, hey, can you hold this class? Uh, that told me straight up, you know, hey, uh, I'm not going to go to your class, but you can use my compressor because uh, last time you taught this class, you know, I, I benefited from it. So, you know, so cool beans, you know, I've got this uh, kind of situation figured out. And, and, and it's like up until like 1130, 12 o'clock the day before this actual class, which was last Saturday, uh, I was scrambling, just kind of getting stuff ready in the boxes, getting it packed up and all that jazz. And then I called you, Derek. Yeah, you did. And uh, it chokes me up thinking about it. <laughs> and I was like, and I called you to get your compressor. And like, you know, I was kind of just like, you know, and you were working with your dad or something. And I was like, I was like, hey, Derek, uh, uh, for the airbrushing, you're not going to the airbrushing course tomorrow. And you immediately were just like, well, do you need help? Like, if, I was going to help out. If, and I was like, well, cause honestly I was thinking like, I'm going to like take the class. Cause I'm sure it's just going to be like stuff I've already, I already know. I'm not going to like sit there and just like, you know, but I'll probably show up and like help out if you need any help or you're helping somebody and somebody else needs help with their, their brush. I might be able to, you know, I was so sure that I was doing this on my own. And then like, you were just like, Oh yeah, no, you know, I'll it's be like, there. Oh, did you think I wasn't going to be there? Like in case you need help? Yeah. You're the, tr you're the real one there. <laughs> You're the Sorry, runner. I didn't realize that wasn't clear. Uh, well, it, it wasn't until last minute, and uh, it was just such a, like, relief immediately. It was like, because I was nervous, right? Like, I was already nervous. I was like, because there had been, like, you know, the tiniest bit of, like, controversy where, like, people were arguing and all this stuff. and Just just weird stuff that, no, not even a reason to bring up. So, Thankfully, like, stuff that wasn't a problem. Yeah, stuff that wasn't a problem. I, I was nervous. I was like, man, dude, like, this is good bad. And then when I found out you were going to be there and you were just going to help out, and then, like, the last thing you asked me was, like, hey, what kind of taco do you want in the morning? <laughs> I was like, all right. No matter what happens, no matter what happens in this, at least me and Derek are, like, going to stepbrothers this. <laughs> and, like, it's just, at least we'll have a story to laugh. It's like, do you remember that time we fucked up that airbrushing, like, class? Like, we taught everybody wrong how to airbrush as a joke. <laughs> like, at least got that 10 bucks Somebody's out of them. compressor caught on fire for a little bit. So <laughs> when I found out you were going to be there, everything like lifted. I was like, oh, dude, cool. We got this. And then, you know, got the compressors, got everything, showed up in the morning. We're good to go. 
Um, thank you so much for that, for being there. Like, no problem. Hands down, hands down. Thank you. So as far as the actual airbrushing class goes, it was a bunch of new people at airbrushing. Like there was maybe one or two people that were priming models in there. Yeah. Priming and base coat is most of what I heard people's experience was. Yeah. But not anybody that was actually dealing with the airbrush. And so we were basically bringing, when I say airbrush one one, I truly do mean airbrush one one where we were working with people from the ground up, how to airbrush. Yeah. Lesson one, how to clean your airbrush. Yeah. Lesson one, how to adjust the PSI on your compressor. <laughs> yeah. Like it was from the ground up, it was teaching everybody. And, and, and the methodology we did was if you ain't, if you do like, if you ain't pushing paint through your airbrush, you better be cleaning it. <laughs> like that was like hands down. I was like, oh, y'all, y'all finished painting. What should, y'all, what should y'all be doing right now? Cleaning our airbrush. That's right. Go clean your airbrush. So the first thing we did was teach everybody how to mix up their paints, how to get their paint, what consistency to look for to actually thin the paint down. And everybody got it relatively quickly. And we just said, all right, cool. You mixed up your paint. We had to mix them up in like a little dropper bottle. And we said, put it to the side and uh, you'll be using that later. But that's the first thing we want to show you. Look what that looks like. I'm not going to be there. Every paint's different. So just grab a color that you like thin it down. I can't tell you what the ratio is going to be. You've got to see it for yourself. Once you get there, we'll know. We'll know together. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you know how it is now, but when you're doing this on your own, here's how to troubleshoot it. Yeah. Here's what paint that is too thick does. Here's what paint that is too thin does. Yeah. So we got them to mix up their paint. It's like, perfect. Good job. You mixed up your paint, put it to the side. Now we're going to learn how to clean our airbrushes. And so we sat them through. We basically did like the... Uh, I learned it from CK Studios first, and then I learned it from Henry's class, kind of like the backfill, the backflow, and all that jazz. Show them that method, and got everybody kind of up and running with uh, how to uh, how to clean their airbrushes properly. And then we went into paint mode, and yeah. that was uh, that was one of the things. Was like, okay, you know how to clean your airbrush. Put a dropper of paint in there. Go ahead and spray me some dots, and then clean that shit out. And and they did. And it was it was a like everybody was rocking and rolling. There was people in there that had a uh, Harbor freight airbrushes and Harbor freight uh, compressors. I mean, it was like the most starter kit that you could have of airbrushes and everybody was oh, yeah. using them. Uh, a couple of people there, their actual first lesson was how much paint you can get out of your paintbrush. If you're using an airbrush. Absolutely. It's like, okay, so I'm just going to spray this till it's empty. How long is that going to, Oh, it just keeps going. Don't it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then, so then we, Gave them all their their busts. I loaded up primer that I had pre-thinned down for them in each of their guns. Yeah, just walking by, just boop, boop, boop. This is more than enough. If you need more, you're doing it wrong. Once you get your paint, just go ahead and get started. And uh, don't, don't let that dry. We taught them live how to Zenithal highlight. So taught them how to Zenithal kind of create some pre-shade and some all that like, jazz. Some volume. Yeah, volume shading. And uh, they... When I first saw them apply that shade, like I saw them kind of start applying that white and all that jazz, I was like, oh, we're going to be fine. <laughs> like this is this is going to be like everybody there was just immediately replicating what I was doing and they were doing it great. 
Some were better yeah. than others, but everybody was a reasonable, exceptional level. Like, yeah, and I think it's just you've been so used to uh, TikTok streaming or people like constantly jumping in, missed the like three other times you explain what you're doing. 100%. So it's like, hey, so what are you doing? Like, what, how, why are you doing it like this? And you just like cut it down to exactly the information you need to convey it. Everybody just immediately got it. It just clicked for everybody. Yeah, everybody saw it on uh, saw it live in front of them, and then immediately replicated and and got it going. It's like okay, so we put it here because he wants it to look like this. So in this other side, he didn't really go over that, but I bet it should look like this. And then on top of that, it was uh, we also explained the like actual physical components of an airbrush and how it works, because I'm one of those learners that whenever I understand it mechanically, I can understand what's going on when I troubleshoot it. And I think that's really what kind of helped everybody. Like, because I was asking them, if you have this problem, what do y'all think it is? Do y'all think it's air? Or do y'all think it's paint? It's like, oh, we think it's air because it's on this part of the airbrush. It's like, perfect, guys. Absolutely. Just like being able to teach them how the airbrush actually worked, just such a good time, dude. Like, oh, yeah. it was it was one of those things where it's like, okay, they understand, they're answering, they're perceptive, everybody's here, nobody's asleep. Like, we're having a good time. Then. It was like, all right, guys, time to put color in. And I I got emotional whenever they laid their colors down. And I was going around because I expected to see, like, I was kind of expecting the worst. So I was expecting somebody to have, like, blown out their model, right? Yeah. Somebody not to apply thin layers and just blow out their model and just hit way too much paint on it. And it's, we're just going to have it like a beads up and runs off. And now you got streaks everywhere. And I was expecting to see that. I didn't see it. It didn't happen. It didn't happen on anybody's model. Not a single one. Every single one of them had a perfectly shaded model with pre highlights that you could see. I mean, it, I, I, could not have asked for a better class, dude. It was even the people doing like white, because some people had picked like like an off white as like, the yeah, color. like an ivory. Yeah, so like like, and it wasn't bring your own paint and kind of decide which. Like, no, you had a box. It's like okay, everybody get a color from the box. Yeah, I, I and that's naturally the color that your bust is. Don't think of this as your Warhammer model. <laughs> and naturally, as a uh, as a uh, pro crow monumental that our podcast is. <laughs> oh, yeah, everybody reach this box, get you a paint you like. Uh, coupon code RFI. <laughs> we we provided the class with Pro Acryl to use because it is high high pigment paint, perfect for airbrushing. We thinned it down, of course, but it, the pigment is there. Uh, coupon code RFI if you're interested. Uh, but like truly, it was you know you can't go wrong with what we're doing as yeah. far as the but paint we provided. Some people used yellows and they worked great. Some people went ivory and it worked great. Like every single one of those busts came out stellar. There was there was colors in there from the Pro Curl line that I've never used, like the orange. I've never used that orange, that teal, that jade. I guess it is. I've never used it, and like seeing those like as a full like Mark II Space Marine, like with like shade. I was like, this looks incredible. Like this, I would like be very happy if you. How gave many it. how many colors are in that line, like ballpark number? Well, that starter kit's twenty five, but I have like an extra. It's probably like one hundred fifty, in the Pro Curl line. Yeah. No, way less than that. It's probably like 40-something, 50. Okay. So just keep doing these classes until you get a bust for every color. So Amen. you like have that so you know exactly what you're looking for. We might get there. <laughs> we might get there. <laughs> but truly, man, every single color in there was like... There was stuff in there that I've never seen what it looks like sprayed out of an airbrush. Just because it's not a color I... 
touch base with. I've never seen applied. You, you just don't have a project that uses it at the moment. Yeah, it's like the best way I could describe it is like, you know, when you like dye eggs, and you're like, oh, it came out really pretty because it's like a whole egg dyed that color. Yeah. That's what it was like. You're just seeing these like Mark II Space Marines like coming out like reds and teals and purples and magentas. Like just you want to talk about the reds or Oh yeah, we can. <laughs> so so everybody puts their colors down and he's going, he's looking, that looks good, that looks good, that looks great. I told everybody to lift their busts up so I can come around and inspect their busts. Yeah, so he's going he's going through the hall, he's like, That one looks really good. You did really good with this. And he gets to one who did those red, he's like, That's absolutely perfect. Pass give me that, give me that. And he gives a little just give me gives a little kiss and hands it back. That's right. Everyone's like, Oh my gosh, He's really good with this airbrush. Then, if you get, and you just keep going down the line. That's really good. It's really, really good. It looks great. The very last one is another one that did theirs red. He's like, yeah, you, let me see that one too. And gives that one a little kiss. It's like, why are you only kissing the blood angels? I was, I was <laughs> making sure that I gave all the blood angels. <laughs> just give him a little smooch, a little, a little baby kiss. <laughs> and the guy, the guy that painted the first blood angel, uh, Limpke. He's uh he's not really like a war gamer. He actually took the class. He's a military painter. He found out through the class from his son. Nice. And so he doesn't play Warhammer or anything. He just wanted to learn how to airbrush from his son. Oh, so he had no idea what that was referring to. He had no idea. And so at oh the end, God, that's incredible. At the end of the class, when I said, you know, hey, how was everything? How'd you like the class? He goes, it was great. It's a little bit more kissing than I thought there'd be. But <laughs> <laughs> like, it's. So- <laughs> So it was one of those things. There's like, it's like, oh, I thought this dude knew that I was a Blood Angels player, and he knew that you know we were like, I'm joking around with Blood Angels. No, he just thought I was. He thought he painted really good. <laughs> it was off to tell his son that he did such a good job that <laughs> the guy kissed his model. The guy got a little kiss on his model. He's like, it was a lot more kissing than I thought there'd be, but we had a good time. It's like, so this is that Warhammer you've been doing, huh? It's, it's kind of weird, but I get why you like it. <laughs> So, yeah. So then we took the class further. It was airbrushing 101 weathering. Yeah. Because I think it really at that point, as far as airbrushing goes, they knew how to clean it. They knew how to blow paint. Everything else is going to be something that they're going to have to learn on their own. Yeah. They, but they, the, the basics were there to get them going. So it's like, okay, well, now that you're getting into airbrushing that you've not been messing with too much before, what else? Oils. You've not been using, using oils. Let's go ahead and take the fear away. Let's take the fear away. Let me show you what you can do with this, and let me show you what you can, you personally can do with this. And so that's what we did. We took everybody, we gloss-coated their busts. Which also ta- uh, talked them through the, the process of finishes and different... And how important it is to clean yeah. your airbrush after you've got a gloss coat in there. Oh, for sure. And then we used the hair dryer. We used their airbrushes to dry off the model, everything like that. And then we blasted these models with uh, burnt umber oils and yeah. mineral spirit mix. Just mix it down and just like go nuts over it. And then we took makeup sponges and cleaned off all that oil with uh, a little bit, basically just makeup sponges, but there was the option if they wanted to, uh, Use mineral spirits, but I don't think anybody did. I don't think it was necessary. No. But it was, it like, these busts were so perfect for this, like, class because they had all these rounded edges. They had 
deep channels and areas where stuff could flow to and everything yeah, like that. A few rivets here and there, but they weren't like covered in rivets. There's, there's enough to play with. Just stupid, easy models to work with. And, you know, it's a, it's a space Marine that you recognize. And so once you get it all oiled up and all this stuff and wipe all this oil off with this weathering, they got to see it and they got to like envision this like weathered down, dirty blood angel, death guard, uh, emperor's children, everything like that. They just, Immediately went from, took these models from like, hey, this is a good looking model to like, hey, this looks like an almost playable level model ready for the field. Oh, yeah. With nothing else painted on it. No trim, nothing painted. Like this, this is looking great. This looks like a dirty Death Guard or a dirty Blood Angel ready to go. So it really just kind of upped everybody's game. Then we matte varnished them. We got everything uh, ultra matted from, uh, uh, from AK Interactive and... I mean, it was, we're done at that point. We have the family picture at that point. You'll see that on the Facebook page. And like, truly, truly, it there's was not, like. There's not a single one of those that I wouldn't be excited to play against on a table. Right, right, yeah. Like the standard, like like the quality in all those busts was just amazing. And just knowing that essentially we took like 14 people and like those are now in the wild of Victoria yeah. airbrushing, right? Like. Those people, that's going to be the standard of their armies now. It's going to be wild. It's going to be a... This is what, three hours start to finish, if that? Yes. Yeah, 9 and 12.30. Yeah. So. And, and most of that was them just sat there paying attention. Yep. So, it was a great time, dude. I had a great time. I'm already seeing people that are asking me questions that took the class. They're sending me messages like, hey, how would you do this? How would you do this? And like... I don't know if you saw on the Discord, but uh, uh, Eric had posted earlier one of his uh, one of his work in progress uh, uh, Sentinels. Ooh! And he airbrushed it and like figured out how to do the uh, the OSL with his airbrush and all that already. Oh yeah, that plasma glow. Damn, it's yeah. looking good. Yeah, that's from not using his airbrush at all to doing plasma glow within less than a week. Uh, dude, less than like, it's been three days, three days. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, Hey man, that's how it goes. You take a class and then you get back to your workstation and you just, you're, you're never more productive than you are the day after a class. Yeah. The fear is gone. The yeah. fear of that airbrush is now gone from those people. Well, that it's also like, I've got to commit this to a model so that I internalize it. Yep. Yep. Like I've seen what I can do with the instructor there for me to ask questions to let me go ahead and s- just make sure I can still do it. And it wasn't like. Smoke and mirrors with him painting my model for me. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Luckily, I didn't have to, quote unquote, unfuck anybody's model <laughs> as, as powerful Henry had to do for my model. I remember that. He's like, hey, let me unfuck that for you real quick. <laughs> He's like, hey, before we take these group photos, let me see that real quick. <laughs> there, there we go. Look, hey, you did so good. Look how good you did. So, but no, it was a good time, man. I'm glad we did it. I'm glad it happened. Uh, I'm getting a ton of like requests on like kind of some like the people like because we announced it on the Discord. You mm-hmm. know, it was kind of one of the things where we're like, hey, if you're going to join this class, you know, we kind of gave some of the details. And uh, but, I've uh, been getting a lot of requests to do a a video. Zoom uh, a Zoom airbrushing class, and uh, I mean it's it's not a no. You know, yeah, there's definitely other challenges with that. 
when you're not physically there to be like, okay, well, let me see if the problem is yep. user error or if there's an issue with your setup. Okay, and, well, if there's an issue with your setup, I, I have spare stuff, but I can't just like ship it to you right now. So. Exactly, exactly. We'll have to see how that goes. I mean, we're going to basically have to, if your airbrush isn't doing this by itself already, then, you know, don't take the class. And then uh, my other thing was trying to figure out like what model would we paint because this was kind of controlled. A lot of the like stuff is like everybody was using pro Krill, So we kind of had a good idea that this paint was going to work out just fine. So mm -hmm. I can't just go, Hey, if you want to take this class, go buy all this pro Krill. And you know, like it's, it's one of those things where I mean, as fun as it would be to be like, okay, well, here's a package from Monument Hobbies uh, coupon code RFI. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> go pick this up. They'll send you a one of their airbrushes. And <laughs> it's going to be about four hundred dollars for this class. God no. So, uh, but yeah, that's the airbrushing class. I'm dude, had a blast. You did great. You did great. <laughs> yeah boy <laughs> so uh let's talk about some hobby progress okay so my weekend was very productive but not in like a hobby sense i've been i've been doing a lot of stuff with my folks uh friday i was helping my dad set up his pa for a gig that's when i got your call mm -hmm. like just after i finished setting my speakers so he's doing the mix and I was like, hey, I'm kind of, I'm in the middle of something. Can I call you back when I got a minute? And then this is like after we'd kind of gone through the kind of what was going on and then gets where like, okay, he's doing stuff. Uh, I'm just kind of here now until he needs me again. Let me go. And I call you back. You're like, no, I think you told me everything I needed to hear. Like, yeah, I, I think I, we're going to be good. We're going to be all right. Like, oh, okay. All right. Well, uh, what kind of talk do you want in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> So I don't know if you could tell, but I was completely wiped. I could tell in your voice, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I didn't get back in town until like 2 o'clock. Oh, Jesus. And I had some friends that were like, hey, you want to come over and like uh, like get some drinky drinks? And I'm like, well, I don't know when I'll be back in town, and I got to wake up early. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> Did you go out for drinks? <laughs> no, no, no. I, we, oh. we rain checked it. Because I thought I was going to be back in town like around 11, 30, 12, and... No, I misunderstood. The The gig was going to be over at about 11, 30, 12. I was like, oh, that, that's a completely different situation. <laughs> packing is not done until 2 o'clock. <laughs> well, I mean, packing was done pretty quick because I was trying to get out of there. But then we got to hit the road. Mm. Mm -hmm. So very little sleep that evening. Uh, get back, go through all that, uh, get posted up at the shop. I'm just kind of chilling. You go, you crash out. You go, like, I'm going to go take a nap. 100%. Because I can only imagine how much that took out of you. Sure did. And so I'm just kind of like zoned out at the shop. And then Cody shows up. like, hey, you want to get a game in? I'm like, uh, yeah, let's go. Uh, I got to go grab my stuff. Uh, the place I'm at is just just down the road from our local friendly local game store. So I was able to go grab that, come back. Easy peasy. By the time I'm done, he's just finishing up setting up the board. And we go to play a game. Uh, we get through the first about... I my, my first turn and like half of his turn and then I get a phone call from my dad. Uh, he's off doing another gig and the fuel filter on his truck is like ruptured. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's just like throwing diesel everywhere. Oh, and whoa. Apparently it had been for a minute we just didn't notice and yeah, so he's he's about an hour and a half away at a gig and I'm like, well, uh, yeah, hang on, let me... 
yeah, we're just going to go ahead and rain check this game, and I'll meet you up there with a fuel filter. <laughs> Let me just go ahead and pack up these uh, Night Lords into this big old box over here. And... Well, that sucks. Did I get it fixed? Yeah. Yeah, thankfully, the the part that we changed out was, like, right on top of the engine and didn't actually require any tools. It's just, like, three clips to get the hoses off, and then the yeah. whole thing rotates, pops off. New one drops in, locks back, pop clips on. Prime it before you start it so you don't start it with air in the engine because that's apparently bad for diesel engines. Okay, yeah. I, I learned a little bit about diesel engines the other day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. That is, uh, so it was leaking diesel on the top of the engine? Yeah. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's like a high flashpoint on diesel. Possibly. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, so he was saying that he'd like opened his hood because he like he smelled it and like saw that he was like leaving a trail. And he, he <laughs> opened it up and then it was just shooting diesel straight up. And he's oh. like, oh, let me go ahead and cut that off real quick. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that was his reaction. So he's like, uh, um. He's like, I hope that doesn't hit the header. <laughs> uh, let me call some backup real quick. Okay, okay, yeah. No. So, thankfully, we were able to get that fixed without too much hassle. Uh, and then the next day, Sunday, uh, my grandmother was on the other side of Houston visiting some family. And she can drive just fine, but she didn't, like, drive in, like, on the highway or through big cities. So, my aunt took me up there, and I drove her car back. Oh, okay. So, we got her back into town. That just, it wasn't terribly difficult, but it did, like, eat up most of my Sunday. Yeah, that's four hours right there of a Sunday oh, yeah. gone. And so I was like, cool, this weekend, I'm going to get power to this other room. I've got the desk cleared off where I can actually start using it. And I'll get power in there. I'll set up my airbrush. I'll be back. I'll be back in my hobby. I'll have stuff painted up. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to do that because I'm running that. around everywhere this weekend. Uh, this past past few days, I've been uh, wrangling a contractor who's doing stuff around the house, too. And it's just been, it's been a mess. Uh, 3D printing. There's been some terrain I've been pulling off that's been doing really well until today, actually. I think I've got like a clog somewhere in my hot end. Oh. Yeah. So today I went to go pull a print off and I, I show up and half of it is printed. And it's the, it was like it printed halfway up, stopped. But instead of it like stopping in place, like there's an issue and it detects a problem. So it just, just freezes. Mm-hmm. It looked like it kept printing all the way. And so the, the nozzle is about halfway again up mm-hmm. and the print is back like it finished normally. Yeah. But there's not a blob of plastic on my hot end. There's just nothing. Oh, yeah. It has to be a clog. Yeah. Yeah. So I pull it off and it's it's real weak. It's real thin. Like, like stuff that like, like prints. Yeah, that's clog. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, it like printed like at half volume that it should have. Yeah. Like my uh, my flow was crazy low or something like that. Anyway, I didn't know it was a clog, but I'm like, it's it's something going on. I'm glad there's not a ball of plastic on the end of my hot end just yeah, eating everything. I guess I'll pull the filament out and see what's going on. And the filament don't pull out. Oh, even heat it up? I, I heated it up. to I preheated it to PLA, didn't pull out. I preheated it to ABS temperatures, still didn't pull out. Oh. So like 240 Celsius, and it's still like, it's just not moving. So I'm like, oh, well tell you what i'm gonna pull off my nozzle i don't know if i'm supposed to do that hot or not uh yeah you can do it hot. i'll be i'll be real careful not to drop hot brass in my lap there you go uh pull it off and i'm like cool now let me just go ahead and pull this out now that it's not stuck to the nozzle and it's still not coming out oh shit so okay. I'm, 
I'm thinking it's like somewhere like in the like heating part of the hot end. Okay. Which, thankfully, I do have a spare one of those that came with the printer. Yeah. I just need to figure out how to get the damn thing off. It's pretty easy. I, I know there's two set screws somewhere holding it in. I just don't know where they're located on the model or on the on the hot end. I, I, I'm assuming I'm going to have to deconstruct my entire hot end to get to what I need to. Yeah, you're going to have to remove some fans and get in there pretty deep. So I'm going to know a lot more about how this thing works by the time I'm done. You may as well just go and swap out the drivers while you're in there too. <laughs> just is that, is that a thing? Yeah, if it's allowed. Is it still allowed? You haven't swapped them out yet? No. Uh, but the part, so the fans that are allowed, I don't think they're on the hot end. I think they're like in the, the oh, unit itself. Yeah, no, not the fans. The actual... Uh, the actual motors for the what? What are you running right now? What? Do you, what? The i three mega. Oh yeah, yeah. You're gonna want to swap them drivers out. So the noise it makes, you know, the like a uh, robot talk to you. The yeah. yeah, that goes away if you swap out those drivers, because it's all about the efficiency of how it's processing those motors and the number of steps it's taking. With the uh, higher end drivers, better drivers, it basically just kills that noise. Okay. All you'll hear is the fans. Is it just noise, or is there going to be a quality increase as well? Uh, both. Okay. Yeah, it's pretty pretty sweet. <laughs> Jake did mine. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, if he did it, I know you can't. So, well, okay. Well, it just adds to my to do list then before I get that back up and printing, which kind of sucks. But yeah, you'll be good. It is what it is. And that was like I don't know, uh, maybe about an hour and a half before we started recording is when that particular development happened. Oh, today it happened. Yeah. Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, like I was over there. I was like, okay, well, let me just pull this off, get the next one started, grab some more stuff around the house, and uh, hit the road and be done packing and hit the store. And I'll be wrapped up by the time we start recording this podcast. Oh, Lord. So, yeah, that's very fresh. Uh, thankfully, it, it's something that I have all the everything I need. I just didn't have the tools with me at the time because yeah. they're all like in my truck. Yeah, you need a lot of Allen So. Yeah, just kind of put out, I guess, a couple of days for me to wait for those drivers. Yeah, no, they're good. They're easy. They're not expensive either. Okay. Do I just like Amazon it or? Yeah, there's a tutorial on like what drivers you should get as well. Killer. I'll send it to you as soon as this is done. That would be very helpful. Yeah. So, yeah, hopefully sometime this week. I, I at least have a big-ass extension cord for me to run to my hobby area until I can get some actual like circuits made. Yeah. Because I don't think I need more than, like, a surge protector worth of stuff. No, no. That's, like, my hobby light, my airbrush, and I guess so, a charger for my speaker or something. Yeah, once you find out what you can make without, then you realize uh, <laughs> what kind of painter you are, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, uh, that's where the rubber hits the road. So that sounds fun. Uh, it's not as fun as this. Because <laughs> I've got stuff I'm trying to do. I've got a project in mind for this weathering competition yeah dude i need to see you get inside this discord here as far as like the painting competition goes yeah i've been i've been back and forth what i want to do for the dreadnoughts because i do have some of the old metal peanut fear abundance dreadnought oh okay and i'm like worst comes to worst i just do some of those those boys up you definitely should but i was also like you know i've got most of the old metal bjarn even better i saw one of the the people in the discord was uh, showing off that they're going to do a Furioso, the old metal Furioso. Yeah, I saw you talking about that. And I'm like, dude, I, that I completely forgot until right now. I've got that old Bjorn. I'm just missing, I think, the legs. I remember when Kyle came <laughs> to the Sam's house 
with his new Furioso Dreadnought unassembled. And all of us were excited because we've seen Dreadnoughts before. We've seen these metal Dreadnoughts. And I believe the plastic Dreadnought was already out, but not the plastic Furioso Dreadnought. Yeah, so this was like a metal. So this was a metal Furioso. It's like, oh, it's a Dreadnought. It's like, and this was like, these were big models at the time if you got a Dreadnought. And I remember like, you know, we're in like younger than high school at this point. Or maybe just going into high school, first couple years of high school. And he just like shows up. He's like, look what I got, guys. And we're just like, oh my God. It's like he opened up the case from Pulp Fiction. Then yeah. just like faces are lighting up like, oh my God. He slides out the like plastic, uh, uh, like this the styrofoam. Because it, it was like the styrofoam tray in the cardboard sleeve, right? I thought it, I, in my head, it was one of those like clamshell plastic things. Like okay. clear plastic. And like each little area had its own, uh, uh, like here's your banner. Here's the arms and all stuff. Like it was like a little like sectional pulls that bad boy out and like okay because this was before i got in the game it was well before and then sam was like uh uh we could glue it or or we can jb weld it (laughs) (laughs) and needless to say that dreadnought is probably still fully assembled somewhere (laughs) like the either the metal will break before the, the the bonds hold i feel like i feel like the the metal dreadnoughts either are in one of two ways. Either it will outlast all of us or don't look at it the wrong way. God, I, I know. I know which one my old metal Bjorn was. If, uh, if you're out there listening and you have any metal Furiosos, hit me up. <laughs> I want, I want one very badly. But yeah, about a, maybe a year and a half ago, a buddy of mine picked up like a lot of D and D models on eBay Yes. And he's like, hey, what are these? And it's those Road Trader Dreadnoughts. I'm like, that's a Warhammer model. I'll that's take a, that. Well, <laughs> what do you want for those? All right, cool. Let me get those. And that Nyal Stormcaller. Let me get that for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Thankfully, the like the the older Space Wolves characters that like I wouldn't be able to get now, I was able to pick up at Adepticon. The, like, the stuff I, that was. Oh, I remember. Yeah. yeah. But unfortunately, the, the Bjarn I had, it's missing the assault cannon and the legs, but I believe those were just the stock. Uh, Dreadnought legs. Hey, I got assault cannons over there for you. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I was like, no, I've got it covered. It wouldn't take but maybe 30 minutes to get what I need. Gotcha. Okay. Just making sure. Because as part of that venerable dreadnought kit, there is an assault cannon arm over there. Yeah. It's not a, it's not as very space wolfy, but it's over there. Neither was the, the original Bjorn one. Okay. Now, yeah. I'm, I'm not talking about like the current, like the plastic one where he's got like the mural of Bjorn's life across the like yeah. sarcophagus. And no, this one was like the old metal. The, the the one you throw in a sock and like take care of problems with <laughs> handle the guy cheating oh, but yeah man. so by the end of the week I should have some kind of situation resolved god I look at that model I immediately remember that <laughs> the way it was painted and everything oh yeah big boy because I remember boy. when I got that that's when I heard the, the tale of Kyle's Furioso because it's a very similar situation Kyle's thick boy Furioso. And then he got the dancing one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The <laughs> Brother Brosif. Brother Brosif. They, they had taken put up. <laughs> yeah, they just had taken the legs and they rotated one leg 90 degrees up. To make it look like he was walking. So it was supposed to look like he's taking one single step, but it just looks like he was doing a little like can can dance. It looks like he was can canning in front of everybody. It was, it was horrible. <laughs> It was such a good idea at the time, and then well, it yeah, it, it's like somebody saw the opening of Dawn of War is like, oh, the dreadnought just stomping up. Let's do this. 
<laughs> I got a I got a hobby knife. We can make this happen. Absolutely not. That is not what it looked like at all. <laughs> and nobody had the heart to tell Kyle that it did not look like that. Did Kyle do it or did he get it from somebody else? Uh, it was done for him by one of our friends. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> shall not be named lest it talks ill of the deed. Exactly. Gotcha. But yeah, that was kind of my lack of hobby, which is getting more and more frustrating every week. That's okay. You're busy. You're a busy guy. And you gave an airbrushing class, so that's... That you. counts. We count those. Yeah, you basically got 14 people's worth of hobby done, so... My hobby is people ask me for help and then I show up and help. <laughs> that's that's what I do all week. And, and we love you for it. Um, as far as my hobby progress goes, I uh, stripped two Land Raiders... Uh, inside of some LA Totally Awesome, uh, 40K Land Raiders, and then a bunch of, uh, like, intercessors and uh, uh, incursors and infiltrators, all 40K terms, you know, just threw all that inside of some LA Totally Awesome. They really did drop a lot of those terms into into the setting at the same time. Didn't they? Because I can't, I, I know what an intercessor is. I know, I think I know what an infiltrator is. Man, everything else is just jargon. Incursors, well eradicators. In- intercessors. Yeah. Inceptors. Interceptors. All of those. All of those are a model. They, they bled into the 30K a little bit too with the interrempters. I'm like, that sounds like a 40K thing. <laughs> yeah, no. So uh, I have been slowly picking up some like uh, 40K stuff. Yeah. And moving into the 40K scene for Blood Angels and so the like. Uh, I painted that repulsor last week, so I got that going. Um, I knew I had this like airbrushing class going, so I finished the repulsor, got all the stuff ready for the airbrushing class, and then I took a break like Saturday, Sunday. And then yesterday, I was like, okay, let me unpack this stuff, start getting some stuff done. And that's when I wanted to sit down and actually work on my my dreadnought that I had. Mm -hmm. And so got him ready to go and dude, like, so I found out in the TikTok algorithm, if I paint, like, you know my process, like where I do, uh, I do the sponge method, like, well, I'll do like a lighter color than the armor. So if like I'm painting red, I'll do like a reddish, reddish orange on top of that to look like paint uh, has gotten like the clear coats gotten scratched. Yeah, just, just like the highlight catching the raised edge of scratch paint. Yeah. So I'll do that with a sponge first and then I'll do a black over that just way lighter. Mm -hmm. So it looks like, uh, okay, this is actually like we got down to the primer and then I'll go through on all the like spots where I went a little too crazy with the primer. I'll go in with like my metallics metallic right in the middle of it. So it looks like we're down like all the way pitted into the metal. Get like this three dimensional effect to it. Yeah. When I do that on TikTok, something happens to the algorithm where, I guess people are like stopping to watch me to figure out what I'm doing and they get trapped. And then like, it's like, Oh, this dude's doing something that's making people stay. Let's send more people that way. Cause that's how the algorithm works and wants mm-hmm. you to like watch more. And so like, as soon as I start doing that, my numbers, they like, they Surge. go, it's like, Oh, you got a hundred people watching you. And then it's like, Oh, you've got 150 people watching you. Now you have 200 people watching you. Now you have 300 people watching you. You have 400 people watching you. And it came to the point where I was like, I realize now it's like, these people have no idea what's going on. They're just here watching. 
And so, like, I'm just like, there's no way all these people play Warhammer. Yeah, like, there are some people, like, out of the grand scheme of, like, you know, every 100 of them, maybe somebody's somebody in there plays and will follow me and all that stuff. But, like, I found out, like, like every time I do this, man, it's like everybody gets trapped. And there's, like, my numbers just, like, as the longer I do it, the longer, the more my numbers go up because it's, like, this, like, thirst trap for, like, ASMR or something like that. Like, you just, like, people just, like, like watching me put that metal it is a very very relaxing process to watch uh, dude it's uh, very satisfying uh, that's what i'm saying man like i don't i don't know it, it it was kind of one of those things where i'd done it this would have been my third time doing it and i was like all right guys i was like y'all get ready because like i told my like i even told like i've got moderators in there i was like hey guys just heads up like i'm gonna start painting the chips so y'all know what that means we're about to get crazy in here and sure enough like as soon as i started it's just like you just see those numbers climbing you're like I don't know what I'm doing. Like I'm truly am. This is part of the painting process. I zoom hyper close in and I just slowly start adding like this really bright silver to the middle. And like people enjoy watching that. And then there's people in there that actually tell me they're just like, I have no idea what you're doing, but this is the most satisfying thing to watch. Yeah. It's like, I didn't, I didn't know I was into this and here I am watching this now. That's engagement. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Thank you for telling me. It's like, uh, thank you for telling me to wear gloves. Like That, (laughs) that means to me, that means more to me than, you know, uh, because the that does a lot for the algorithm. The algorithm is happy right now. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so I did that last night. I, I painted up my dreadnought, got them all nice and red. Uh, I don't know if you saw a picture of him. Did you see it? I have not seen it yet. Oh, very nice. He's more than this already, but Ooh. that's Mr. Uh, Miss Mr. Boxy Brown. That was Tyler. That, that was uh, uh, Kyle's. Uh, that was his Furious's name? Boxy Brown. Of course, now that yeah. I say that, I immediately remember that was that was Kyle's dreadnought's name, Boxy Brown. You just got just the same formula, man. Yeah. So uh, I did the uh, did the decals, did the little baby decals. He's the Duke of New York, a number one. Yeah. All there. He's got a little number on the back of him right there. I went wild with the decals, as you should. I truly, truly did go wild with the decals. That was one thing. Uh, did not go over decals in the airbrushing class, but I, I think we stressed at every stage, like, hey, by the way, decals are rad and you should use them. Yeah, this is the point where you would use decals. I, I, I We were running a little bit short on time. That's I did bring decals to go over, but it just yeah, was for, not going to... For three hours, there was no way. Yeah, we just, we're not able to fit it in. So... Uh, but since this picture, since since this picture, I've actually got all the bone painted up on the inside. I've got the gold redone in the middle. Um, I, it's crazy, but painting up this little boxy dreadnought, right? Getting him going, like I've painted the repulsor and all this stuff, and like I wouldn't say any of the painting I do is tedious. Like that's like the benefit of the process. You get you distill it down to like the more interesting parts. So yeah. instead of like. Like painting this red with a brush. Yeah. That have been tedious. Yeah. Like I, I have a, like I enjoy it. Like my hobby is still my hobby. Yeah. Like I still enjoy it. Uh, painting the repulsor did get a little bit tedious because it's got like just really weird stuff that's on it. Like that doesn't so, like that, that to me visually doesn't need to be there. Like, uh, like it's got like ammo tanks on the side. It's got like, you know, uh, a- like ammo crates, drums, all this stuff. And it's just like, it's like, oh, let me paint that green. Let me paint the metal strap holding it in. And it's just like a lot of like tedious, like extra work for some of Man, every time I see the repulsor or the impulsor or whatever the Primaris floaty tanks are, it takes me back to that. I don't remember what the movie was called, but it's like a documentary or not documentary, but it's like a, a dramatization of the production of one of the military tanks. 
Isn't it Sergeant uh, Sergeant Bilko is what you're talking about? I'm not sure. But they're, they're going over this tank. It's like, well, with a cannon like that, it's going to be tanking fire. What are you going to do? Spray paint on the side, APC carrier? And it's just like the 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 the, the too many cooks problem of designing a tank where it's like, okay, well, we got to have a hunter killer action on it if we're going to invest this much money into it. We got to have this. And it's like, this thing is supposed to be a troop transport. How is it? Are you talking about this? Sergeant Bilko's hover tank? No, this is like a, a very, no, it was a series about a very real tank. Oh, okay. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I don't remember what the film was called. I don't remember what the tank was. And I'm sure everybody is screaming it at their phone right now. Okay, yeah. Okay. But it's like, they're like, hey, this, what do you mean this thing's a troop carrier? Look at the cannon on it. You're like, what are we going to, like, how, they're going to treat this like it's a hunter killer because it's a hunter killer. (laughs) Dude, I don't know. It seems like the most over-designed thing where it's like the, the gladiator. We have a predator with better guns and it flies. Yeah, yeah. And there's the, uh, if you're talking about oversized barrels and all that. And it holds six guys. Like, there's the repulsor executioner, which does hold uh, six guys. That's probably the thing I'm thinking about. Yeah. Yes. Oh my God. Yeah. What is that? Is that an assault cannon? A battle cannon? Is that a plasma option? Yeah, there is a plasma option for it. It's like, what the hell? Is, like it. Oh, it's a Lehman Russ battle tank, and it's a Razorback, and it flies. Hey, man, if 10 dudes can fit in a drop pod, six guys can fit in there. It's all right. Don't you worry about that. I'm just saying, it's like, why do we have anything else? <laughs> you don't need anything else. <laughs> this is, sure seems like the one-stop shop for whatever you need your tank to do. You're damn right it is. Anyway, sorry. That's just a problem I've had. Yeah. No, I feel it. <laughs> don't, don't let me, you know, hijack the conversation with this. You see all these guys back here? Yeah, the accessories. Is that like molded into the side or is that just no, stuff no, you glue to it? You glue it on. You glue it on. And you're not just going to like not use the, the cool stuff in it or what? Uh, Jake assembles it for me. So I, uh, you yeah, know. All right. That's oh, fair. It wasn't an option. So either way, all the cool stuff gets glued on. And that's one of the benefits of having Jake assemble stuff for you is he doesn't give you the option. You just like, he puts it on there. <laughs> and so like I've never once in my life glued on that little pouch the little three belt pouch that goes on a space marine (laughs) you know what i'm talking about where he holds his cookies and graham crackers (laughs) keep saying it's out of them yeah never once glued one of those on a model (laughs) but all my models have them because jake cares about me and wants me my stuff to look good he glues the pistol pouches on there the empty scabbards he glues the empty pistol holsters he glues that on there for me (laughs) Because he knows it's supposed to be there. Whereas me, my guys, like if they if they're done, if they gotta set their bolt pistol down or if they gotta set their their chainsaw magnets. down, magnets too bad. They, they got a magnet. He just sets it next to his waist, and it just mad locks to his waist. Well, apparently uh, that's what it said in one book that I read like two decades ago. Yeah, apparently crawl didn't get that memo, or his he doesn't don't, want. Magnets. Don't think about where a society of this scale sources this much leather. Don't think about it. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so so anyway, when I paint that kind of stuff, it's tedious to me. Like it gets tedious. Like I'm not I won't say I'm not having fun. I'm just relieved when it's over. Okay. Because it's like, okay, yeah. It's like, okay, this is the part I'm at on the repulsor. Now I've got to paint all these stupid things. I've got to paint all these stupid lenses, you know. 
it's not so much, oh, I have to do this and this. It's like, I have to decide what color this is going to be. I have to decide yeah. what, what I'm going to black out versus what I can just get away with painting when it's already red. It's a lot less fun. Yeah. This little boxy boy. Yeah. <laughs> everything on it that I've painted has been fun. I started painting him last night and like I was, I was up till two in the morning painting him. He's just such a blast to paint. And then uh, at my lunch break, I took lunch today to paint him. And then uh, when I got off of work, I immediately went to go paint him some more. Hell I'm yeah. loving painting this little boxy boy. It's been so long since I've painted up a little dread. I want to get every little detail I can. I put decals right in the middle of his, uh, right in the middle of his legs. There, these are actually the the leg shin guards from the uh, venerable kit. The venerable kit. So, it's just it's been fun. I've I, I painted up. So you, you're you like this is an old picture, but I've got like all of his lenses painted up already. Um, it's just been so much fun to paint him. Hell yeah! It like truly has. And I think that's what the the dreadnought painting competition is about. Yeah, just a send off to the box dread, a send off to Boxy Boy, and and you can see the conversion I did. That's just a contemptor a, fist. Yeah, just a celebration of the box dread. Yeah, that is a contemptor fist. I didn't notice that. Yeah, that's the uh, librarian dreadnought arm that holds the like spear part. Yeah, and then I cut that down at the like all of the uh, kind of like hydraulic pistons. Mm-hmm. I drilled into it. I put a uh, a big long mm, paper clip. Okay. Just and glued that in, and so it's all pinned up and all that jazz. So it's not going anywhere. So hell yeah, looks good, right? Looks great. Thank you. Yeah, it looks good. It looking solid. He just didn't have arms. I didn't have arms for him, so I had to improvise to get into this competition. And that's what it's about. You had a problem solve. So got him going. Um, Super excited. I'm going to actually use him in uh, uh, Zomortalis, but also I do have big plans <sighs> to use him in 10th edition. Okay. So I'll take him take him along for the ride. He provides uh, some pretty good benefit. To, like He's like a big brother. Like If you're near him, you just shoot better for whatever reason. That's what's up. Yeah. Nobody wants to look like a punk in front of the old one. Yeah, that's right. Damn right. So I did get a game of 10th in. Mm-hmm. I heard about that. It was, uh, I was playing, playing Blood Angels. I did basically like an all tank list as close as I could. Uh, I did have some like assault intercessors and some of the desolation Marines, which are the ones with like the insane guns. Is that the ones with the stupid rocket launchers? It's the one with the stupid rocket launchers. Yeah. Okay. The ones that like have, uh, the, the shoe boxes, the Zorg guns. Yep. 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 That's him. They're really good. They're really good. This edition. Uh, I, I bet they're good on the tabletop, but, uh, Man, people, just, people feel ways about that model. Just a heads up, they uh, only came in like a single box set, and I don't think you can buy them separately, so they're very hard to get. I, I've seen a lot of uh, a lot of people's uh, different takes, different, different visions of how they would do that model. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I uh, 3D printed mine and uh, glued <laughs> plastic shoulders and heads on them so they look kind of real. So it works out. You can tell they're fake because they look way better. Yeah, they look <laughs> realistic. Yeah. So, uh, uh, it's like, oh, it's just a, a rapid fire, uh, gr- uh, like grenade launcher. It's like, oh, it's like a heavy bolter. Yeah, no, it's got, not like that. It's got a rocket launcher on top of a gun. Is how they work. Yeah. and both can shoot. Yeah. It. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> the the aesthetic is weird, and they can shoot indirectly, which is really good. This edition as well. I bet. And so. Uh, 
Uh, I played against Necrons. The game is very, very intuitive and very easy. I like what I'm seeing about like the core rules. I'm I understand people not being excited about their their army lists. But that's because this is like the free trial of your army list. Once, yeah. Once the actual books start coming out, then I think we'll have a better understanding of this edition. Yeah, and uh, like there's certain rules that I guess were not really thought out too well. Like this uh, oath of moment. I don't know if you've heard about that. I don't know. But oath of moment lets you pick a uh, a a model on the table, and you can everybody who shoots at that model gets to reroll all hits and wounds. Oh my god, that's amazing! And uh, so, so I messed up in my game because I thought that was like a once per game kind of thing because it's super powerful, right? Seems like it should be a once per game thing. No, it's every turn. It's every turn you can do that. <laughs> you just pick a model and you go, "Hey, everybody, fuck up this guy," and then you just unload on him. Hey, do you like eliminating your opponent's list one unit at a time? That's the way to do. do. And I was running a uh, a list that was double vindicators and the land speeder. If the land speeder can see something. If something has blast, then you get to uh, uh, you get to add plus one to your hit, and also it ignores cover. Oh, <laughs> and man. vindicators are strength fourteen, <laughs> so like mm. it's like, oh, what's that thing? Okay, my land speeder can see him. Tough, dead. That's tough, bud. Yeah. So, um, I did really well with kind of like a like a a gamey list that I, I'd picked up and like, I didn't even understand what I was doing. I didn't know about like the oath of moment thing. I didn't know about the doctrines or anything yeah. like that. What I hear is kind of lists right now are tending to be more, how much heavy support can I just stack on top of each other? Well, there's no more, like there's no battle line requirements or like uh, yeah. you can just like run all characters. If you want, you can run like, yeah, doing away with the force organization chart kind of opens up your ability to just run things that were previously heavy support. Yeah. So Custodes are doing like really good right now. Uh, Imperial Knights are doing exceptional <laughs> right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I hear they had to change some rules around already for Knights. Uh, and Eldari. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Eldari already got a nerf. Yeah. Eldari got a nerf out the gate. Knights got a nerf out the gate. Anything with indirect fire got a nerf out the yeah. gate. My understanding is the issue with Eldari is they have a lot of new universal special rules that make critical hits, so hitting on sixes and wounding on sixes makes those do special things if you have a certain rule, and with their fate dice, they can kind of force sixes. Yes. And so they can just kind of stack a bunch of special rules and just have a devastating shooting phase. Yeah, they used to be able to use as many of those fate dice as they want first turn, Mm -hmm. and so what they would do is eventually just like collapse your model economy first turn. Like, as soon as you thought that you had, like, any... It's like, okay, I'm well, actually... That, and then the issue is one of the, like, Bright Lance, like a heavy Bright Lance, I think, on the Wraith Knight, it does a very high damage number, which wouldn't be a problem, because, okay, well, that's a model who eats it. Yep. Oh, but I have devastating wounds, so on my six to wound, which I pull out of my pocket and only roll it, Yep. that becomes mortal wounds, which do spill over. And demolish goes, a unit. Yeah, yep. there goes your unit. Yep. And so that's what it does. That's exactly, you know... What happens is they essentially... But, but you can still do it. You can only do it once per turn. Uh, with the, the, you, the dice out of your pocket. Yeah, one dice. So one, once per phase. One unit is going to be uh, in a bad position. Which, that's fine. If you're a, a Wraith Knight should be able to demolish a unit a turn. Yep. So I'm taking some, like, in my list, I'm taking some, like, old school principles. 
and going for like a first term out first turn like alpha strike like a kind of like some of the Kimmel prospects and like how he would deliver things like a uh, take full advantage of, like, the movement phase to get you into combat, take full advantage mm-hmm. like, shooting and things like that. And so my list that I've been working on are, I mean, they're fairly powerful for, for like, in in my mind right now. Yeah. And I think it's, uh, people are overlooking a lot of stuff in previous editions that wasn't, like, super strong or super powerful and things like that. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about it later, but it, like, Truly, there is some ideas in there that I kind of take from previous editions of like even Horus Heresy, where it's deliver stuff quickly, deliver it fast, and you shouldn't like get your points back immediately. And then with a kind of an alpha strike in that level, and then that way the rest of your army is fighting a crippled force. Yeah, but even with that, the system itself has baked into it. I I, I loved hearing about the gambit system. So part of the mission pack, have you been playing from the, like the mission yes, pack? Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's like, you can pick a gambit. So like turn two or three or but like, like eventually you can just like flip up a new mission objective. Well, that's secondary missions. Yeah. Just like Adepticon cards, like the, uh, what we were doing, Horse Heresy. Yeah, exactly. But it's like baked into the rules. Yeah, yeah. Your secondary cards, you're going to get two cards from the get-go. And then uh, you can spend a command point to get a new card and, and burn an old card. And then there's just a separate system for a gambit, which can just change all of your secondaries. Which is a CP, burn the CP, yeah. Okay, I thought there was like a separate deck of like gambit cards. I If there is, I didn't see it, but there could be. I, I don't know. I, I heard about it and said that was really cool, and I didn't think about it again. But it, it was like a way to like, surprise, I'm actually, I had this backup plan in case I got lit up by whatever. Well, what's crazy is, so uh, I defied this this monolith, right? Mm-hmm. And I did the math in my head, and I was like, okay, I'm, I've, I'm, I'm four points ahead of you. And as of right now, there's nothing you can do. And there's a monolith sitting with this, like, super unit in the middle of the table that I haven't even touched. And I'm like, you know what? I'm four points up. This is uh, one more turn after this, so I'm just going to run from you. And, like, see it. There's nothing you can do. Like, if you cap this objective and that objective this turn, you're only going to get 10 points out of it. You can only get max. I'm gone. I'll still be up by four points. Deuces, right? And so, uh, weighed my odds. I just, like, rolled all my tanks away. It's like, I know what your movement is. I know what my your range is. You're not going to catch me. And so, uh, I did that, and my opponent burned a CP drew a new card and it was uh if you're on this objective you get five points <laughs> and so i was like it's like that worked out incredibly well so uh what are the odds sometimes just good enough just good enough man <laughs> so but yeah no we did that i mean it was one of those things where it was like okay okay but it's i had a good time I had a, it, learning a lot of the like because there's so much stuff on the table that i look at and you're like i have no idea what the fuck that thing does yeah, like, but I, I like the idea of them condensing it down to a card you hand your opponent. Love it. Love the card system. That's probably something that we probably need to look at getting with somebody to make the card system for units in Heresy because... Yeah, and you could do that. Like, Heresy, I don't think it's so crazy with the special rules that you couldn't do that. No, no. And uh, honestly, uh, Kayla, she's got cards for all of her units, and she has all the all their weapons on it, all their special rules on it. No reason you can't sit down with index cards and make your own. Yeah, I had my sweet, sweet uh, every unit I was using, and uh, 
it was one of those things where it's like, hey, what's the toughness of that? It's like, oh, here's just my card if you need it. Like, yeah, here's my whole deck. I know what my toughness. Yeah, take a page is. out of Hero Clicks. It's good stuff. It's good stuff. So, it was a good game. I had a good time. Sounds good. I think I'll be playing a lot more Tenth Edition. And uh, yeah, like I said, I've liked a lot of what I've seen about it as far as like the the gameplay philosophy. The like I said, the unit entries and stuff like that. I'm not super big on. Once the books come out and we see different different detachments you can take for each faction, that's yes, when I think it's yeah. going to get really interesting. Yeah, I think every faction has its own like individual detachment right now. Yeah, because there's like a thing you get for being Space Marines, and then for being that detachment, you get Oath of Moment. Mm, or I might have that backwards. You get Doctrines. For, that's what it is. Oath yeah. of Moment is for being Space Marines, and then you get your Doctrine abilities for the, fact, for, for the detachment. Yes. So what, let's see what other detachments we get. And then like uh, we get like, you basically you get like a different, uh, different abilities being blood angels, but you still get like oath of moment. Yeah. So it's, it, it's, it's fun so far. I mean, definitely there's some, I'm, I'm curious to see some of these like harder hitting units to see what they're like. Uh, but Necron's doing pretty good right now on the table. And so I was kind of happy to see that if you just, kind of briskly look over the Space Marine Codex and pick all the strongest things and just throw them together. <laughs> Turns uh, out that's a good strategy. It's a good strategy. <laughs> How do you win? You just run the best units. Yeah, you just buy only the best stuff and take three of them <laughs> over and over and over again. So it's a completely different way to pay, play like Horus Heresy. <laughs> so, yeah. But no, that's what I got. That's what I've been working on. Hell just yeah. Lots of painting, lots of Warhammer and teaching classes. So, but yeah, you got anything else? I think we're uh, like right at two hours to be honest with you. Yeah, I think that's perfect length. Uh, Not a lot as far as like my game with Cody went. It was just like one turn of moving up and shooting guys. What's the status on the, uh, what's the status on the? The campaign? The campaign, yeah. So, uh, haters will say it's Photoshop, but... Oh, I no, watched you. I watched you roll it. Nobody has managed to seize the uh, seize the moment. Like neither side was able to pull ahead, so we're going into the fifth round this week. Whichever side wins this round will become the decisive player, and they will have exclusive use of stratagems for the apex missions. When's the last day to get games in? Friday. Okay. I, I was supposed to play JD this weekend, but uh, that yeah, we ended up both playing tenth. That's fine. So, and he's taking Blood Angels. Yeah. And he's taking Sanguinius. Yeah. And you know what I'm taking. <laughs> <laughs> a little a little Sanguinius breaker. <laughs> I mean. Hatred Sanguinius is a hell of a thing, my guy. Somebody's going to get some extra victory points out of that. I did the math hammer on that and... Uh, and uh, it's uh, we'll just go ahead and throw that up on World Star under Cabanda World, comes out on top. World's every most one sided fist fights caught on caught on tape. <laughs> Cabanda comes out every time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, until we get that uh, Sanguinius ascended. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, Cabanda's just hard to deal. with. Yeah, I watched Cabanda or I watched uh, Angron uh, die to Sanguinius. So. That's the only time I've ever like. I'm a little bit worried about Sanguinius, but I'm pretty sure Cabanda just with all of his his uh for hit like for him for Sanguinius to hit him and to wound him, I think to wound him he's needing fives, mm. and so that's hefty. And then uh, Primarchs to, are not used to that. Yeah, Primarchs are not used to those big numbers up there. 
And then him having that kind of like four plus invulnerable, it will not die and things like that. And then he's hitting on threes. He's wounding on threes. Yeah. The, the dice just kind of come out in your favor. We're going to break that back. <laughs> We're going to break that back. So we'll see. We'll see, JD. Sorry yeah. about sorry about your sanguineous. Uh, and a lot of a lot of these apex missions are bigger point values, so we're gonna see some crazy stuff. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes. What's funny is he plays Blood Angels, and I play Blood Angel Trader Blood Angels, so mm-hmm. it's gonna be the ultimate like revenge for sickness. Revenge, baby. <laughs> so, well, all right. Well, we'll wrap this up. Thank you guys. Uh, uh, definitely appreciate you guys uh, listening in once again. Uh, if you have a if you want to reach out to us or if you want to do if you want to leave us a voicemail or anything like that warhammerdiscord.com you can meet us in there send us any uh anything you'd like us to say if you want to event shout outs or anything like that we'll shout out at the beginning of the podcast uh do you have the number yes you can also give us a call at 361-265-8658 and drop us a voicemail and if you don't want to deal with international calling international uh distant long distance rates you can reach out to us on facebook discord and send us an audio file that you've recorded, and we'll play that at live on air. Yes, sir. All right. Well, thank you, guys. Y'all have a good one. Thank you. <laughs>